Howdy and welcome to the Tell Me Bible Study. This is week 10, day 3 of our study of 2 Corinthians. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about 2 Corinthians 12, 19-21. Welcome back to the Tell Me Bible Study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to what your word has to say to us, God. Speak to us and fill our hearts with the knowledge of you. We want to know you more through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's Word. I'll be reading today from the NIV. This is 2 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 19. Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? We have been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ. And everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. Man, that's a mouthful. Paul is, again, the last couple chapters, Paul has been speaking very tongue-in-cheek, very bitingly sarcastic. And so he, he, he makes a quick transition, real hard transition here, away from the biting sarcasm, and he's, he's dead serious. He's saying, I'm not defending myself with all of this. He's like, I'm not interested in defending myself. And he's really not. He's not interested in defending himself to them. He's interested in them knowing the truth. And he knows, he's making it very clear, this distinction is very clear. These guys are not giving you the truth. Whoever these guys are, they are not giving you the truth. He's saying, they are on Satan's side. That's a, that's a weighty thing to say. We don't know exactly what they were teaching. We can only, what, what we've talked about here, I've called them the fake gurus. He calls them the false apostles. He calls them the super apostles, quote unquote, in air quotes, you know. We don't know exactly what they were teaching. But we know that what they were teaching, what they were really after, what he's accusing them of is, is wanting their money, wanting to take advantage of them for their own gain in, in whatever way. That might have been financial, probably financials. He hints at that. Uh, maybe honor, whatever. We know that Paul is is unequivocal about the fact that he is calling them essentially teaching the doctrine of Satan. Though he does he doesn't use that phrase in this book, but he does liken them to being as Satan is a masquerades as an angel of light. So he says his children <laughs> would do the same, calling them essentially the the offspring of Satan, if you will. So he's, he's not, he's, he's, he's not mincing words with that. And so he goes into this, this long biting, bitingly sarcastic tirade about these people. And now, boom, we're stopping that. He's saying, I'm not defending myself in all of this, but here's what I'm doing. I, I want to make sure that when I come to you, you have repented of this and you've moved away from this, right? He's saying like, my, my fear is because of all of this, and this is, this is just causing confusion, right? And this is very normal when people get taught two very different things and they hear voices and probably voices that they trust and voices that they think are both reasonable, decent human beings, it causes confusion. And in that confusion, you get people that tend to, to bifurcate into two different camps or more and, and start to infight. 
And so he's thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid there's going to be all of that, right? The discord, jealousy, rage, and selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, disorder. That You see all of that stuff when you get people that are separating into two camps. We see that, my goodness, today in our, our country, all over the West. Verse 21, I'm afraid that when I come again, my God will humble me before you, and I will be grieved over many who have sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual sin, and debauchery in which they have indulged. So we know from 1 Corinthians that a lot of this is going on, and Paul is addressing all of that. And when false teaching of, of the kind that I think Paul is accusing these people of, when that kind of false teaching comes in, almost always, I don't want to say 100%, but my goodness, it's got to be real close to that real close to almost all the time when that level of false teaching comes in, it's going to bring with it uh, the kind of teaching that says, Hey, your impurity, your sexual sin, all of that. stuff. it's okay. It's okay. God is, is fine with that. And I was just telling a, a Bible class yesterday that I was teaching that none of these things are the unforgivable sin, impurity, sexual sin, even debauchery, which is, you know, all of the other things that are beyond impurity and sexual sin <laughs> that your mind can wander to. Um, all of those things, they're not unforgivable sins. It's not not like you can come back from those. You can repent from those. He's, he's urging them to repent. He's hoping that they have repented of these things. All right, many people conflate this idea with, with if we've sinned in these ways, then... You know, we can't come back to God, so God would be unforgiving and all this kind of stuff. And so if that's the case, I don't want anything to do with that, God. And and so these things, God really can't be all that upset with these things. Right? And and that's a that's a a, a, a false dichotomy. These things are not unforgivable sins. People nowadays struggle with these things like crazy. They're not unforgivable sins. What becomes essentially unforgivable is when we stop calling them sin. And we make excuses for them when we believe in teaching that says these things are okay, right? They are not okay. They are sin. And we have to name them as sin. When God says they're sin, they're sin. It doesn't mean that we can't be forgiven of them. But we have to repent of them and turn back to God. We can't look to God and say, I don't think that you really believe these are sin. And so I'm going to keep doing them thinking that you are just fine with them. Knowing full well, Scripture is too clear. These things are sinful. And this is the thing that, that I think Paul is getting at here, is that these other teachers have come in and, and basically made excuses for this kind of behavior, even said that this kind of behavior is okay. Now, obviously, this kind of a behavior is, is somewhat okay in Greek culture, in Roman culture. It's okay. I mean, they had temple prostitutes, and, and, and so... Oh man, I can't remember if it was Corinth or one of the other cities. I believe it was Corinth that there was an ancient writer uh, who wrote that uh, at some point, I believe it was Corinth, but it was probably, it might've been the Greek period of, of Corinth just because of the temples that were there and what they involved themselves in. <clears throat> I could be wrong. It could have been the Roman period, but there were, there were places. That this, so my point is this existed is that uh, there were these, these, temple prostitutes who men were supposed supposed to as part of the religious 
order, go and engage in those activities as a ritual part of the religion of that temple. And in some cases, every single woman in that society was at one point, they were compelled under that religious order to go and make themselves available for at least one day for prostitution in the temple to fulfill their duty in that temple uh, for the, the temple prostitution, right? So more than just sort of like on the sides and everybody does that and we just kind of look the other way and we know that's going on. No, 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 no. It was way more than that in these societies. It was, you've got to make yourself available for this at least one day of your life. So super messed up and broken, right? Super messed up and broken. And so it's very normative in, in those cultures to know that that's going on, engage in it. And you got people coming in and somehow conflating, apparently, again, he's not saying this explicitly, but it's the the way he's worked around this. It feels like what Paul is getting at is these false teachers are coming in saying, hey, we are the gurus. Give us your money. We'll teach you the classes. By the way, sexual impurity, you know, um, the, uh, the orgies and all that kind of stuff that go on. It's fine. It's fine. What, you know, that God doesn't have a problem with all of that, right? Greek, Roman culture. Now, again, I mean, people cheating on each other is it's never okay. Like people are never okay with that. But when the society kind of is okay with that societally wide and indulges in it, it, it just becomes this normative destructive force, right? It's, that's always been destructive. It will always be destructive, but societies will engage and endorse destructive behavior. My goodness, our society is is endorsing and engaging in just all manner of destructive uh, things right now. And then it just destroys people's lives. It's just, it's purely destructive, right? So there's a difference between the societal acceptance and engagement and whether or not it's actually destructive. So we know these things are destructive. They're terrible. They're horrible for everyone in society, but they that's what they did. That's how they lived. And Paul's saying, these guys have come along and said that this is okay for you. He's like, I'm afraid in all of this. I'm making fun of them. I'm being overly sarcastic with these people because I'm afraid I'm going to come and find you in the same state that I found you in last time that I've written about before, that you will not have repented of these things. I know that this stuff was going on. I know that people have come in and further reinforced your belief, right? I mean, what better way to make money is to come in and say, no, you can have God, you can have all of these things and you can still be doing all of this sinful stuff and it's all fine. And by the way, pay me money and I'll keep telling you this stuff, right? Paul even says in, in one of his other letters that, you know, in, in, to Timothy in the last days, people will, will mount up for themselves. They will acquire for themselves teachers. They won't teach the truth. They will just pay them to come and tickle their ears with the things that they want to hear, right? People have always done that and they will always do that. He's saying in the last days, that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be all over the place. They, they won't have no stomach for the truth. And, and that's exactly what's going on in here in, in Corinth, according to Paul. So he's saying, I'm not defending myself. I'm laboring in this for your sake because I want you free of this. Because all of these things, right, they are destructive. 
they are destructive. They are just nothing but destructive. And David talks about uh, in the Psalms sexual sin and and <laughs> and affairs and things like that. I mean, like you are just killing yourself. Like this is so destructive. And so all of this stuff that's going on in Corinth, all the stuff that's normative in their society is incredibly destructive. And it's the same for our society. It's incredibly destructive. It's not an unforgivable sin. It becomes an unforgivable sin when we stop calling it sin. And it's it's not like, you know, unforgivable in that way because we can't repent and turn away from it. It becomes unforgivable because we refuse at the point when we decide that these things aren't actually sinful then we've insulated ourselves from ever being able to repent from them. You cannot have forgiveness without repentance. If we come to a point where we're like, I don't have to repent of my sin because it's not sin, we can't have that argument with God. We can't take that argument before the throne. We just can't. It doesn't work. So the unforgivable sins in that way are the sins that we say we refuse to repent of. We will engage in them no matter what anybody else says. And if we have to rewrite scripture ourselves, we'll do it. That's the problem. And that's the thing that Paul is saying that they're either engaged in or on the, on the verge of engaging in. And he's dead serious and he's about to tell them just how serious he is about this. For the 10-week Bible study, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thanks for tuning into the 10-week Bible study podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider leaving a review for it on your podcast app of choice? It really helps other people find out about this podcast, and my heart is for people to fall in love with God's word. Thank you.